Welcome to the Zanzizi Podcast. Zanzizi Zambibi. Welcome to the Zanzizi Podcast. I'm Red Dead 2023 on the interwebs today with my friend Michael. Michael, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing good. Oh man, I'm so excited. I'm, <laughs> I'm I really am. I got my buddy from the Video Game Apocalypse show and he's joining me from all the way out on the West Coast. Yeah. How's it go how, how's the weather out there? Cold. So, well, not not as cold as on the East Coast, I'm sure, but uh hey. a little, little chilly for California, maybe in like the, you know, the high 50s. Um which, you know, for this area is freezing. But uh yeah, yeah. if if people don't know me, I'm I'm the host of uh, Video Game Apocalypse, a weekly video game podcast that comes out every friday as part of the laser time network you can find us at vidjagameapocalypse.com and that is deliberately misspelled v-i-d-j-a so uh that's cool man i still hey it, <laughs> it sets you apart for the one guy out there on spotify who mm-hmm. who's got I don't know, maybe large fingers and just accidentally hits the yeah. J, and there you are. That, that's actually most of our listeners, right? That <laughs> <laughs> people with big fingers. Uh, hey, hey. And, and otherwise, it totally would kill our SEO. Uh, hey, man, they that's they say the bigger the fingers, the the I don't know, mm. the happier the whatever the yeah. person sure I'm gonna say it. the alien <laughs> have you had any sightings by the way i we we, we just had a, a thing flying over the great lakes and like recently and and then they, then in alaska and i don't know is, yeah I, is anything i i've heard about all these things of course we had like yeah three ufos shot down i think in addition to the chinese weather or possibly spy balloon <laughs> um we are we are leaning into that uh on video game apocalypse by the way oh, uh we're yeah. going to be doing a show about uh games with uh themed around alien abduction so uh, oh nice should be well, should be fun we'll try to time this maybe we'll we'll push this one up and have this one come out some sometime in in advance of that because we come out on mondays and then you can look forward to video game apocalypse on fridays it's like a full week of 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 info but we're gonna get into court nice. jesters today now that is an interesting topic Yes. So I, I and I appreciate that you're into this because like like I don't know about you, but I hit 35 and all of a sudden all I wanted to learn about was history. Mm-hmm. I, I, maybe it's my dad dadness just overtaking me, but I I was curious because as as it is, we we have jesters mm-hmm. in modern day. I guess you could call them comedians, and. Um, Suppose Before, less acrobatic than the original kind. You know, Jerry true. Seinfeld's not going to do a tumble in, in between his jokes. Yes. I mean, he could. Yeah. It, it might work. I'd I, encourage I mean, him to start doing that, honestly. <laughs> well, you know, I... See, this, this does lead into my first question I want to ask you. Were you... You're a funny guy. I listen oh, to the thank podcast. You. Thank you. you guys are all all very, very funny people. Were you a class clown growing up? Uh, I was. I, I guess I wanted to be a class clown. I don't think I was. I was more the class nerd. So uh, <laughs> got a thick skin from th- from that. But I okay. I I was the kid, and I don't know if this is a brand of kid, but there there were definitely different types. I was the kid who daydreamed about like monsters and aliens oh, yeah, that and too. princesses and I would write stories whenever we had downtime in class and if the teacher allowed me I would read them and usually it had to do with how my babysitter was actually an alien or trying to kidnap me so something along those lines so I was a nice. bit of a storyteller I would throw in some jokes and usually mm-hmm. that helped get the story across and then maybe we would shop that story around the 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 slide or the swing sets but uh that was kind of my thing i i did occasionally joke but i i know that i as a kid that seemed to be the best way to 
meet people. Like it, there's a bit of a uh, therapy, if you will, to mm-hmm. to meeting people who can tell a good joke. Yeah, and honestly, in this day and age, it's one of the best ways to communicate is to 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 basically make somebody laugh or smile at, at the very minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a favorite, we'll say, jester slash comedian? Oh, that is a good question. Um, favorite comedian? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm tumbling through a list of them in my head, and, like, all of them are problematic now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. It, and to be fair, this show is kind of going to be evergreen, so maybe in the future the people we say have, you know, have crimes against humanity, we can't. We can't walk these people hand in hand through their lives. So yeah. I say it's okay. Yeah, I think, I think is. Patton Oswalt is one that uh, I've always been really partial to. And I've seen him live a couple of times. He's fantastic. Uh, I, I, I fondly remember the New Year's Eve show where he ran out of jokes to tell in his set. So he just kept like looking at the clock and then doing like some nervous crowd work <laughs> while we're waiting for midnight to hit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I... I remember, I feel like, what is it? There was a, uh, there was like a documentary or like a compilation of comedians that he was on, like comedians, uh, one of those, one of those specials. Anyways, him, it was, it was him and Zach Galifianakis. I think I found out about it about the same time before the hangover. And I just remember distinctly thinking, God, Patton Oswalt seems like somebody it would be cool to get a beer with. Yeah, I'm sure he would or, be. Or, or literally just talk about how much we also, I also despised the prequels at the time. So yeah, I yeah. get it. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah, I would I would say, yeah, he's great. And then I guess one of... Yeah, who would one, yours be? Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, for me, for the longest time, and again, and this definitely falls into the problematic category for some, it was Dave Chappelle. Uh, yeah, I I loved him. Um, I still love his early stuff. I don't know, you know. <laughs> it sounds like I'm a a Beatles fan or something. I like the you know the the stuff when they toured. Mm-hmm. Not so much that studio crap. Yeah, not not um, so much when he like started really leaning into transphobia for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so stuff happens when you get rich. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um. But I guess right now I've been a real big fan of uh, Bill Burr. Um, again, mm, can mm. Be, tend to fall in that line, and I also really love um, Bobby Lee. Uh, his podcast. Uh, granted, he doesn't have any specials, but his podcasts have always been really funny, and I I, I appreciate somebody who I can tell you could you would just be giggling with if you met them in person. So. Anyways, uh, continuing on this, um, do you have a memory in your life of the hardest time you ever laughed? Hardest time? Yes. Um, uh, when, when I first started dating my wife, uh, I came to visit her in San Francisco, so we were long distance at first. I was like up in some town in Oregon, and she was in SF. And I uh, came down to visit, and she took me to a Spike and Mike's animation festival. And we watched uh, a short called Rejected by Don Hertzfeld. And, nice. like, I was uncontrollably, like, doubled over <laughs> laughing with my eyes closed, tears streaming out, out of my eyes. Like, I could barely keep fi- focused on the screen because it was just all this <laughs> random shit that I, you know, has kind of just drifted into my vocabulary now of, you know, a, a stick figure ripping off another stick figure's stomach, beating the first <laughs> stick figure to death with it, putting it on its head and saying, I'm the queen of France. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I yeah. get it. Yeah. Um, I have a memory myself. Okay, so Brother Bear slash my brother Nick, who's been on the podcast at this point and will continue to be, uh, when we were little, little, just little guys, I remember this distinctly because it's the only time this has ever happened to me. We were sledding, and he's, I want to say at the time he's about seven, I'm 14. And so he was the little brother who would chase after me wherever I went. And at this time, we're, we're on top of this hill, we were riding down, and I distinctly remember seeing a jump and thinking, "That's it. If we're gonna do this, we're you know we're made out of rubber. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be fun." We hit the bump, 
And for some reason, I don't know what how this happened, physics didn't make sense, but at the time, he just popped off the front and went sky high oh, in his, his snow pants <laughs> and did a backflip over me. I started laughing so hard because <laughs> he didn't see this jump coming, but watching this little guy just pop up in the air and go flying, it was like a Mr. Bill sketch come to life. Man, I just pissed my pants laughing. Was he okay, my... or was this like a <laughs> concussion scenario? <laughs> yeah, we're at the... Uh, no, he was totally fine. <laughs> right, he landed right. in the snow, you know, he was fine, but I, I laughed so hard. Watching this guy tumble, you know, ass over tea kettle over me and just peed myself. And it's the only time I've ever peed myself laughing. And to this day, I think of that and still get a little bit of a chuckle. Anyway, so court jesters. We're going to get into this. Yeah. According to the Wikipedia, a jester, court jester, fool or joker was a member of the household of a nobleman or a monarch employed to entertain guests during the medieval and renaissance eras. Jesters were also performers who entertained common folks at fairs and town markets, and the discipline continues into the modern day where jesters perform at historical-themed events. The root of the word fool is from the Latin folus, which means bag of wind. Interesting. Huh. I'm, I'm guessing that's where folly comes from, too. Mm-mm. Or bellows, or that which contains air or breath. Huh. Terror... Um, and Tarot, I don't know if your if your wife's into this. My my wife has kind of, or my wife, my girlfriend, my wife. One day, yeah. Uh, <laughs> she she appreciates tarot re- tarot readings, mm-hmm. and uh, in tarot, the fool is a card of the major arcana. The tarot depiction of the fool includes a man, or less often a woman, holding a white rose in one hand and a small bundle of possessions in the other, with a dog or cat at its heels. The fool is in the act of unknowingly walking off the edge of a cliff, precipice, or higher uh, higher altitude. Place right, yeah, he's about to walk off a cliff. That's right. That's the fool. Yes. In literature, the jester is, a symbo- is uh, s- symbolic of common sense and of honesty, notably in King Lear, where the court jester is a character used for insight and advice on the part of the monarch. Taking advantage of his license to mock and speak freely to dispense frank observations and highlight the folly of his monarch, hmm. which I feel like I've seen in in especially in seeing uh, just just artwork from mid like fa- like fanciful medieval artwork. Which oh yeah, I will put a little reminder. Put in some medieval jaunty tunes, please. Um, during the Middle Ages, jesters are often thought to have worn brightly colored costumes or clothes and eccentric hats in a motley pattern. Mm-hmm. Their modern counterparts usually mimic this costume. Jesters entertained with a wide variety of skills, principal among them were song, music, and storytelling, but many also employed acrobatics, juggling, telling jokes, such as puns. Puns are still. What do you? you how, how do you feel about puns? It depends on how they're wielded, honestly. Like, uh, yeah. you know, a, a clever one is good, but uh, I'm I'm not one of those. Uh, they're the lowest form of humor kind of people. <laughs> but I, if a knock knock jokes tell, told appropriately, I'll still laugh. Sure, I mean, why not? Sure. It, 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 there's somebody out there who's got a great chicken cross the road. Yeah. Joke. Every once in a while, you you run across one that's like, oh shit, that's great. Uh, yeah, I'm like I'm. I've always been really curious about like was was there like a school for training jesters? Because I I don't think I really understood well, them that well until Game of Thrones. Like reading right. reading the books, and you've got uh, or Song of Ice and Fire. Excuse me, you've got butter no, bumps. No. Am, am I getting ahead of you? Sorry. No, 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 no. Okay. You're you're kind of actually in some ways giving a, a a preview of what's to come because there is a bit of that. And I don't want to give it away too much because it's actually, oddly enough, there there's a there's kind of a 50-50 of being in a way like being a squire to a jester and mm. or being like a a career jester, if you will. Yeah, there, there were jesters who were made nobles who got land. Like true, true. Yeah. Like and had manners and and their own 
basically plots of yeah plots mm-hmm. of lands so the etymology of the jester the modern use of english word jester did not come into use until the mid 16th century during tudor times mm. which is not a bag of wind it's actually the name tudor well yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good pun uh, hey. <laughs> nicely done Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this modern term derives from the older form gestor or gestor with the G or J, originally from Anglo-Norman, French meaning storyteller or minstrel. Other earlier terms included fall, dis, disour, buffoon, and bordor, which mm. is French. Yeah, I'm going to guess that and was, was it disour or are both French? Yes, disour, yeah. sorry. I have a little bit of French in me. It's it's the part that likes French toast and um, <laughs> and 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 uh, insulting people. But I do that only when I'm driving. So uh, let's see here. In ancient Rome, a similar tradition of professional jesters were called balatrones. Balatrones were paid for their jests, and the tables of the wealthy were generally open to them for the sake of the amusement they afforded. Which I can kind of imagine, like. I mean, if you're just if you're in ancient Rome and you need some entertainment, why not call the the local buffoon? Yeah, and have I some, guess have some chuckles. <laughs> it's kind of weird just realizing, like, man, I know so much more about like prostitution in ancient Rome than I know about uh, <laughs> than I know about entertainment. Hey, you like, know I have no idea what they did for fun other than like, oh yes, let's go down and, and see the latest tragedy by Aristophanes or whatever. <laughs> Hey guys, somebody fell off the building last yeah. night. You know the one building? Yeah. Let's go look at it. <laughs> anyway, um, so other cultures, uh, Aztecs and actually the Chinese, had their own uh, equivalents of jesters as well. Huh. And we'll get into a little bit more of that after we take a break in a little while. Um, so most of our idea of the jesters really came from our uh, across the pond English counterparts. Um, Many royal courts throughout English royal history employed entertainers and most had professional fools, sometimes called licensed fools. Licensed fools. Yeah. All right. I mean, there are some drivers in Michigan I would call licensed fools. Mm, Yes. Uh, Entertainment included music, storytelling, and physical comedy. Fool societies or groups of nomadic entertainers were often hired to perform acrobatics and juggling. Jesters were also occasionally used as psychological warfare. Jesters would ride in front of their troops, provoke or mock the enemy, and even serve as messengers. Which, this is an interesting side note, that's kind of where the term shoot the messenger came from. Hmm. They played... Seems like so, a yeah, dangerous game if you're a jester. Like, oh yeah, go over there and make, make fun of the enemy commander to his face. Like, ah... <laughs> Yeah, just go over there and, uh, and you know, take some of your brown stones from your butt and throw them at yeah, the infantrymen. Yeah. You know, they they won't mm-hmm. mind. They'll think it's a real funny joke. Maybe, like, do a really exaggerated fart in their direction. They'll like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so Henry VIII of England employed a jester named Will Summers. His daughter, Mary, was entertained by Jane Fool. So, interestingly, there were female jesters. Huh. During the reigns of Elizabeth I and James I of England, William Shakespeare wrote his plays and performed with his theater company, The Lord Chamberlain's Men, later called The King's Men. Uh, Clowns and jesters were featured in Shakespeare's plays, and the company's excerpt on jesting was Robert Armin, author of the book Fooled Upon Fool in Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. Fest the Jester is described as, quote, wise enough to play the fool, unquote. So there's references to fools in Shakespeare's plays. There mm. were people that played fools. Yeah, of course. It, it's kind of like, you know, comedians in feature league films like Seth Rogen and um, trying to think of some of the more modern versions of comedians in movies. I mean, there's there's variations of it. It seems to be the world is taken over by comic book films. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I, I'm. I'm sure there's a. Well, I mean, the Joker, I guess, would be your 
a kind of an he who the Joker was actually based on the man who laughed or yeah man who laughs uh, Gwynplaine I think was the name of the character mm-hmm. yeah which is actually kind of terrifying the the images from that yeah. if you just Google it well also he's the good guy in that he's the wronged party who gets revenge or whatever I never I never saw that film but I haven't either I just I I literally was like talking the other day with, with co-host of the show and I was like, I really want to do an episode on the Joker and then I googled it and I was like, Bleh! Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. Um, in Scotland, Mary, Queen of Scots, had a jester named Nicola. Her son, King James VI of Scotland, employed a jester called Archibald Armstrong, mm. who sounds like a, a a toy I would have pulled on to the point that yeah. it broke and then goo went everywhere <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> During his lifetime, Armstrong was given great honors at court. He was eventually thrown out of the king's employment when he overreached and insulted too many influential people. Mm. See, you got to got to be careful. Tread that uh, fine line of like, yeah. I, I, my my impression of a jester is basically like a circus clown mixed with an insult comic. Like, yeah, Don Rickles if he could juggle and and do pratfalls. And now there, I'm glad you brought up Don Rickles. If you if you guys are comedy fans, go just go down a nice little YouTube wormhole. It was like basically like getting the greatest honor if you were insulted by the man. No, yeah. hilarious. Um, even after his disgrace, books telling of his jest were sold in London streets. Interesting, huh? He held some influence at court. This is um, Archibald. He held some influence at court still in the reign of Charles I and estates of land in Ireland. Anne of Denmark had a Scottish jester called Tom Dury. Charles I later employed a jester called Geoffrey Hudson, who was very popular and loyal. Geoffrey Hudson had the title of Royal Dwarf because he was short of stature. All right. One of his jests was to be presented hidden in a giant pie from which he would leap out. Hudson fought on the royalist side in the English Civil War. A third third jester associated with Charles I was called Muckle John. Hmm. So that that pie thing, I, I, I sounds I very guess. dignified uh, <laughs> for a little person to do. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It, it's it, it's crazy because the first thing I thought of when I thought of a, a the person jumping out of the pie was the cake scene in. Um, under siege. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> My mind went to the same place before you said it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting. It's weird when you get older and you see where the influences for mm-hmm. certain things come from, and it's like, yeah, that was kind of one of Little Ryan's first time seeing boobies. And no, yeah. congratulations! I think, <laughs> hey, thank you. You know, it's those things. It was, it was the the cake jumping out scene in Under Siege, and then I think Catwoman in Batman Returns, and then I went, yeah, I, I like, I like blondes. Hmm. Anyway. Sure. Hey. To each his own. <laughs> Jester's privilege. Uh, we'll do mm-hmm. one more little segment here sure, before sure. we 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 take a break. Uh, jester's privilege is the ability and right of a jester to talk and mock freely without being punished. As an acknowledgement of this right, the court jester had symbols denoting their status and protection under the law. The crown, cap and bells, which is like their uh, accoutrements, we'll say. Yeah, the, the jingly hat, right? Yes. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Mirroring the royal crown and scepter wielded by a monarch. Martin Luther used to jest in many of his criticisms against the Catholic Church. In the introduction to his to tell to the Christian nobility of the German nation, he calls himself a court jester, and later in the text he explicitly invokes the jester's privilege when saying that monks should break their chastity vows. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder if that's why he wasn't burned at the stake. Like, oh, we can't try him for heresy. <laughs> Shit, he found a legal privilege. loophole. Damn it. Oh. We were going to split his ass right down one of those crazy medieval machines. Uh-huh. And then, oh, fuck. I guess we'll just let him go. Fine. And that was like sweeps week for programming, because when they had yeah. those <laughs> medieval torture sequences, I mean, that's, you know, he had to, get, he had to cart grandma out to that. Mm. But 
All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more on court jesters and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll have a little comedy thrown in there for you. We'll see you after. It's a secret, sire. Yes, a a deep, dark secret uh, which has never before been revealed to anybody in the world, sire. But I, uh, I am prepared to make a statement. When I was a lad, I was gloomy and sad as I was from the day I was born. When other babes giggled and gurgled and wiggled, I proudly was loudly forlorn. My friends and my family looked at me clamorly, thought there was something amiss. When others found various antics hilarious, all I could manage was this. Oh, this, <laughs> oh, this, <laughs> oh, this. <laughs> my father, he shouted, he needs to be clouded. His teeth on a wreath, I'll hand him. My mother, she cried as she rushed to my side to reproach, and you don't understand him. So they sent for a witch with a terrible twitch to ask how my future impressed her. She took one look at me and cried, what else could he be but a jester? A jester? A jester? A funny idea, a jester. No butcher, no baker, no candlestick maker, and me with the look of a fine undertaker impressed her as a jester? Welcome back. Ooh, what an amazing middle segment ad slash thing oh, man. we just, just heard. Just the best. Incredible. <laughs> That's it. Well I'm done, sir. Si- <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> just do middle segments from now on. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I, I have no idea up. what's in it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I I don't either. Huh. But you know the truth is editing is fun, so I'm sure mm-hmm. I'll throw something in there. Yeah. Um so here's where we get to the part that's kind of scary, or well, it's all scary. If you go, if you go back 500 years, you're going to be like, God, please send me back uh, to modern days, because holy shit. Um, so when it comes to jesters, there were basically two different types. There were the natural jesters, and then the artificial. Mm. So. There are two major groups when it comes to defining fools, artificial fools and natural fools. Natural fools consisted of people who were deemed mentally defective Mm. or as having a deficiency in their education, experience, or an innate capacity for understanding. Basically stood as someone for the rest of society to laugh at. So, unfortunately, the... um, We'll say the 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 services for the mentally handicapped were not great back then. No, <laughs> <laughs> which is the understatement of the yeah episode. Yeah, like well, I guess you can get a job being laughed at. That's yeah. Please, but I'm I'm just autistic. I mm. you know mm. I I I I just want to count, you know my parents rupees or whatever yeah, yeah. and m- meanwhile they're like no put this hat on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. make sure your bells are fastened correctly 
Um, I, I'd assume maybe the the short knight that was standing at the end of the line would just look at him and, and maybe help them out and say, hey, just make sure you fart really loud and you'll be mm. fine. You know, yeah. the king, th that'll make the king laugh yeah. at least, and that's what you need to do. I, I can't believe that medieval aristocracy <laughs> was so cruel. <laughs> this is such a revelation. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to enlighten you, my friend. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, yes, they were treated poorly. Uh, this policy was not generally criticized during its time. Groups of people even saw this act as a positive one, as these natural comedians were not typically able to have a job or earn any sort of living on their own. The second group, artificial fools, is what most people in modern times imagine when they hear the word jester. Yeah. Someone who comes up with witty and original jokes in order to entertain a royal court. The main difference between the two groups is that a natural fool's comedy is not done intentionally while an artificial fool's is. Now, there was some political significance with jesters. Scholar uh, David Carleon mm -hmm. has cast doubt on the daring political jester calling historical tales apocryphal and concluding that popular culture embraces a sentimental image of the clown. Writers reproduce that sentimentality. I'm, I'm, I'm getting better with words, I promise. <laughs> Uh, in the jester and academics in the trickster, but it falters as analysis. Jesters could also give bad news to the king that no one else would dare deliver. Mm. Again, this is kind of the shoot the messenger part of it. Mm -hmm. In 1340, when the French fleet was destroyed at the Battle of Sluys by the English, Philip the Sixth jester told him the English sailors, quote, don't even have the guts to jump into the water like our brave French. Which... <laughs> If you're going to have bad news come, if it comes in the form of a joke, I yeah. mean, it's kind of like you want bad news. It couldn't get any worse. You know, like, mm -hmm. all right, cool. Well, <laughs> let's hug it out yeah. then at least. Just if, just if, imagining him sweating on the way to the throne. I'm like, how am I going to make this funny? How am I going to make this funny? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I, I didn't eat any chili today. I can't fart. <laughs> I've, I've, I've farted it all out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um... But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like if you're, you know, if if you're one of the guys on the on the Titanic as it crests up and you're about to do that that fun fall and maybe hit the propeller, if you mm -hmm. if you're the first guy to hit the propeller, at least you make the other guy that's falling laugh for a yeah. second. <laughs> Just pull a funny face before you splatter. <laughs> See, that's what Jack should have done to Rose before mm -hmm. he sank. Just you know, did. Made maybe blue raspberries yep. with his cheeks. Go woozle wuzzle or whatever, <laughs> and then sink beneath the waves. <laughs> uh, anyway, so this the end of this tradition. After the restoration, Charles II did not reinstate the, tradi the tradition of the court jester, but he did greatly patronize the theater and proto music hall entertainments, especially favoring the work of Thomas Killigrew. Though Killigrew was not officially a jester, Samuel Pepys, in his famous diary, does call Killigrew the king's fool and jester with the power to mock and revile even the most prominent without penalty. Hmm. Oh, fun fun uh, little sidetrack. That author's name is actually pronounced Peeps. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> not that interesting. You imagine like the Easter candy, but... <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I did 250 plus episodes of a podcast, and I occasionally I would I would get help from my co-hosts, and it's nice to know that you'll help me out in the future. <laughs> and Peeps is something easy to remember. So, side note, did you like that candy? Or do uh, you? It's all right. I, I enjoy the entertainment value of microwaving it. Like, especially, <laughs> you ever do, like, the peep jousting where you, like, stick toothpicks in them and then you, oh, like, yeah. face them on, on a plate and uh, you, you run the microwave and then whichever one pokes the other one first wins? Well, I know what I'm doing this Easter All right, girls, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, all right. I mean, so, don't anyway. use a good plate, but... Uh... <laughs> Well, that's why, I, I, as, a, as a divorced dad, mm -hmm. a, a single dad, I use a lot of paper plates. There you so go. There you go. I'll, I'll, I'll be good. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So Samuel Pepys in his famous diary, like I said, the king's fool and jester with the power to mock and revile even the most prominent without penalty. The last British nobles to keep jesters were the Queen Mother's family, the Bowes Lions. 
In the 18th century, jesters had died out except in Russia, Spain, and Germany. In mm. France and Italy, traveling groups of jesters performed plays featuring stylized characters in a form of theater called, ooh, here we go, the Commedia della Arte. Commedia dell'arte. There you go. Yeah. A version of this passed into British folk tradition in the form of a puppet show, Punch and Judy. Mm-hmm. Which like, is the first form of the Muppets. Yeah, you hear about, like, Scaramouche or whatever. They, he's a character yeah. from Commedia dell'arte. Nice. Yeah. Um, in France, the tradition of the court jester ended with the French Revolution. In the 21st century, the jester has been revived and can still be seen at medieval-style fairs and pageants. In 2015, the town of Conwy in North Wales appointed Russell Airwood, a.k.a. Uh, Erwood de Le Fall. How's it spelled? E-R-W-Y-D. Hmm. It's probably, it's probably like arid or something like that. Yeah. As the official resident jester of the town and its people, a post that had been vacant since 1295. Hmm. So, <clears throat> in Poland, Poland's most famous court jester was Stanzik, whose jokes were usually related to political matters and who later became a historical symbol for Poles. These are kind of the the ends of other countries when it came to their jesters. In 2004, English Heritage appointed Nigel Roder, Kester, uh, a.k.a. Kester the Jester, as the state's jester for England, the first since Muckle John 355 years previously. However, following an objection by the National Guild of Jesters... <laughs> there's a guild. There's a guild and they strenuously object. Got it. Yeah, they're like, turn in your bells. Yeah, <laughs> turn in your bells and motley. That's right. Give me that scepter with the little man's head, too. Mm-hmm. English Heritage accepted they were not authorized to grant such a title. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. Roder was succeeded as heritage jester by Pete Cooper, Peterkin the Fool. In Germany, Till Eulenspiegel. Till Eulenspiegel. There's Ooh. lots of stories if you take German <laughs> classes about Till Eulenspiegel. Interesting. Yeah. He's a folkloric hero dating back to medieval times and ruling each year over Fasching or carnival time, mocking mm -hmm. politicians and public figures of power and authority with political satire like a modern-day court jester. He holds a mirror to make us aware of our times, and his scepter, his bauble, or marat, is the symbol of his power. Mm. I remember precisely one short Till Eulenspiegel story, and it okay. was that uh, he angered this lord, and the lord told him, if I ever see you on my land again, I'm going to have you executed. And so he was marched to the edge of the lord's land and banished. And then the next day he came back sitting on a cart filled with dirt, and the lord said, I thought I told you if I saw you on my land again, I'd have you executed. And he said, I'm on my land. No. <laughs> this is clearly not your land I'm sitting on. And like And then he was yeah. made a lord. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, Till Eulenspiegel, you've defeated me with facts and logic. Damn you. <laughs> That's great. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. Um during the Renaissance papacy, the papal court in Rome had a court jester similar to the secular courts of the time. Pope Pius V dismissed the court jester, and no later pope employed one. So hmm. I think a lot of times when it came to the politics stuff, that's when if it went against whatever the king said, it was like, eh, this guy, he's not doing it for me. Yeah. Gotta gotta deliver it in a funny way. But, yeah. yeah. Again, Jester's privilege. Gotta Right. Yeah. Gotta find it. Mm -hmm. In Japan from the thirteenth to eighteenth centuries, the Takomoki or Takomuchi, mm. a kind of male geisha, attended the feudal lords. Huh. They entertained mostly through dancing and storytelling and were at times counted on for strategic advice. By the 16th century, they fought alongside their lords in battle in addition to their other duties. Wow. <laughs> 
No, I did mention the shoot the messenger thing. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes the jester was usually the one that had to deliver the messages. And if it went against what the adversaries wanted, mm -hmm. oftentimes they got sent their heads back. Usually oh, do yeah. some sort of trebuchet or catapult or oh. whatever. I'm sure they'd appreciate the comedy of the situation. <laughs> I mean, if you're sitting there yeah. and you're the guy like the Frenchman on in, in Monty Python yeah, standing exactly. up on the wall and all of a sudden Jean Saint Pierre's head comes rolling across the floor. Mm -hmm. I mean, hey. Yeah, it it does seem like something out of Holy Grail. Like you, you imagine it with a sort of like a bang sound effect is goes flying over the wall. Yeah. Oh God, I love that movie. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, so a bit of a wrap up on this. Um, the buffoon meaning, in a similar vein, a buffoon is someone who provides amusement through inappropriate appearance or behavior. Originally, the term was used to describe a ridiculous but amusing person. The term is now frequently used in a derogatory sense to describe someone considered foolish or someone displaying inappropriately vulgar, quote, bumbling or ridiculous behavior, which is a source of general amusement. The term originates from the old Italian buffar, Bafar? Bafar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... Um, uh, what is the name of that guy? Uh, I just brain farted to high heaven there. Hmm. Uh, Jafar's cousin. That's what I was going to oh, say. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> um, the bad guy from Aladdin. Right. Yes. Uh, meaning to puff out one's cheeks that also applies to buffoon. Having swelled their cheeks, they would slap them to expel the air and produce a noise which amused the spectators. Ah, yes. Just an exaggerated raspberry, basically. Exactly. Yeah. When, all, when all else fails, man, a fart will... It does the trick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, us in the Midwest with our cheese, we fart all the time. It's, it, it's I, I feel here. obligated to do it. The, the cheek slapping <laughs> thing, not a fart. Just that. Hey, man. Yeah. Hey, at this point, we're friends enough. It's fine. <laughs> Let it go. Right. Um, so, obviously, in modern days, we have our carnival, our mm. medieval reenactments. Today, the jester is portrayed in different formats of med medieval reenactment. Renaissance fairs, entertainment, including film, stage performance, and carnivals. During the Burgundian and the Rhenish yes. carnival, cabaret performances in local dialect are held. In Brabant, this person is called a Tonprotter or Solwellar. Huh. And is <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I speak English mm -hmm. uh, and is actually in or on a barrel. In Limburg, they are named Bootredder, Red Redner, hmm. Mm -hmm. or or Buttrender. And in Zealand, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is just more farts here. Yeah, yeah. They're called an Oowower. Of course they are. Makes perfect yep. sense. This is a, this is the sound I make when I step on Legos in the mm -hmm. middle of the night. Yeah. They all perform a cabaret speech in dialect during which many current issues are reviewed. So it sounds like, and again, this is where a lot of comedy comes from, especially if you're an out of, you know, if 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 you're out on the stage, you're you, maybe you're gonna want to bring up local news. You know, mm. I would assume there's a stand-up comedian out there working on his UFO material with current events. Probably. I mean, Sarah Silverman's been on Daily Show this week. I have no idea if she's been talking about it. I'd imagine yeah. so. Yeah, of course. So it's like, it, it's, it's a thing, and it works. It's tried and true. Often there are local situations and celebrities from local and regional politics who are mocked, ridiculed, and insulted. Hmm. The Tanprouter or butt render, whatever, may be considered successors of the jesters. So that is court jesters. All right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, every episode we kind of take a peek into the uh, interwebs and, and, and scour to find out, you know, kind of the history of it all. It is interesting to yeah. me you know i i'd always been kind of curious as to like where 
these things came from and you know it's it i i'm glad that our ancestors got a laugh occasionally i'm i'm kind of sad that i'm i'm assuming one or two of my ancestors probably laughed at somebody who who really just needed a hug I mean, or, yeah, or or some help probably all of our ancestors did i mean <laughs> our ancestors were into weird shit like you know look up bear baiting sometime in uh, in elizabethan Ooh. england that was that was fun which the puritans banned not because it was cruel to an animal but because people were having too much fun with it <laughs> oh jesus mm-hmm. well yeah um, uh, i was going to fu- i was going to say also future. yeah yeah possible no, future ahead. future episode but uh <laughs> Like, I don't know if you played the game Pentiment that came out uh, last year. I did. I downloaded it. I, I played literally just enough to be like, this is so cool. Yeah. I'm going to play Elden Ring. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. But, well, that, that actually taught me something because there's a character, the main, you know, uh, uh, Andreas meets in his dream early on Saint Grobian, who's a, who's a jester, and he's very kind of foul-mouthed and foul-mannered. And oh, nice! Uh, so I I looked it up. It's like, oh no, that there 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 was not actually a canonized Saint Grobian. He was like an apocryphal, uh, you know, made-up German saint who just appeared in a lot of stories and became like sort of the patron, unofficial patron saint of bad manners. And he's oh, he's always just you know very rough and uh, insulting to people. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to discover that part of old folklore. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. I love I love medieval. Like I, I I know it's not technical. I mean, it falls into that kind of with the Age of Empires too. I've been mm-hmm. rediscovering my love of that on the Xbox. Do you have any favorite like, um, we'll say medieval and or like type of games or things of that nature? Now I know you mentioned Pentiment. Yeah, I saw that on a lot of best of lists. Um, do you do you recommend that game? I mean, it was really good. Uh, yeah, I it's one of those things that's like I I don't know that this is for everybody. Like, do you like dialogue heavy games that are kind of trying to say something about right. uh, the nature of punishment and uh, like you know mild spoilers in that like well you're investigating a murder to begin with, um, but you don't really have enough time and so and you're never quite sure like did i pick the right person because you've got like a bunch of different potential suspects and uh and that's how it begins so it's like um kind of like the telltale games with the dialogue heavy but yeah a little bit but if making if you get something wrong it won't tell you interesting you just you just have to go with your best judgment and uh so you deal with kind of issues of guilt and things like that mm-hmm. or, yeah that's i mean i i like citizen sleeper and i am a huge fan of strategy games which tends to be menu heavy and lots of like i've just been playing um i'm trying to think of the name i think it's like solaris or stellaris mm-hmm. on uh on my computer and i love uh detail heavy games like where there's some lore in it and stuff like that, so I, I I would I would definitely check it out again. I I just I have a backlog. I'm sure you do too. Oh, of course, huge. <laughs> but like, well, for me, I think you know medieval games, Assassin's Creed One and Two. Um, oh yeah. I, I, I think Assassin's Creed One really got me interested in that time period, the Third Crusade, and in, in the Levant, and uh, you know introduced these you know actual historical figures as characters. And then Assassin's Creed 2, I remember it is like this takes a a period that is almost unexplored by video games, which is the Italian Renaissance, and it actually makes it relatable. And like, I I feel like I got a vague sense of what it would have been like to live back then, even though it's like, yeah, this is still essentially a cartoon. (laughs) It's it's a video game about being in the Renaissance and it's inspired by, but you know, it's not gonna give me a a taste of the day-to-day life really. But I I've actually haven't I I just booted up the what is it? Um Assassin's Creed not Valhalla but the the one before it. Odyssey. Yes, Odyssey love it the greek one yeah yes the greek there you go mm-hmm. i was gonna say romans but 
it's close, close, yeah. sort of. There's some Roman stuff in Origins, <laughs> but it's mostly Egyptian. So right on. Mm-hmm. I I love that series i just it's it's one of those things where i i'll come back to it occasionally and again i'll be like this rules Mm -hmm. i'm gonna play elden ring (laughs) um do love elden ring i know it's Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like how much time do i have is usually the Mm -hmm. the question and when it's not a lot uh you know sometimes something takes the back back burner i will mention uh medieval dynasty i've been playing that on xbox and that's kind of like a um, it's like resource management kind of meets like a Terraria, but it's first person. It's really fun. It, I think it just got ported from like uh, Steam or something like to Xbox. It's on Game Pass. It's it's interesting. It's very detail heavy and that sort of thing. Kind of falls in line with what we, what you were mentioning. I think. Um, wow. Well, thanks, man. Well, thank you I for really, inviting me. Of course, anytime. If you if if you want to learn something, and I can dig through a couple Wikipedia articles and suss out some information, <laughs> we can discuss it and talk about farts or whatever we got to. Um, once again, where where can people find you? Uh, people can find me at uh, every Friday at VigiGameApocalypse.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Wikiparas. That's W I K I P A R A Z. Awesome, and he's a great guy. I follow him oh, as thank well. You. I'm. Uh, if you like this show, check us out on Instagram, Zanzizi Podcast. Also, send us episode suggestions if something you'd like us to cover in the future. Zanzizi Podcast at gmail.com. And that's going to be our episode for today, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great one. We've got fun houses, murder go rounds, house of horrors, and wax museums, tunnels of